0: Here, what we try and do is we try and connect all of our customers to these communities and to make connections within themselves we want them to have value creation through self-sustaining connections so if they're interacting and they're happy there's a lot more us checking in every single day because what we're giving them and the value that we're providing is having a self-sustaining impact in what they're doing
1: welcome to retention talk I'm Neil Desai and we're talking to the best minds in the world of product and customer success to bring you actionable strategies on reducing churn and boosting retention. And this week, we've got a little bit of a special episode for you all. We are talking to the crew over at Knowledge Hook, who's going to dive deep into how they have a unique approach to customer success. Today we're going to talk about how Knowledge Hook makes sure that they deliver value throughout the entire customer lifecycle, how they leverage community building for group onboarding and driving sales. And lastly, pay careful attention to how they leverage impact stories and how they actually use their customers in their content to make renewals easier. Let's dive in with Travis and the rest of the crew. Cool. Yeah, appreciate uh, everyone being here. Travis, if you want to kick things off with just like an introduction on who you are, your role, uh, and, and so we can sort of go around the horn and, and go from there.
2: Awesome, will do. Uh, thanks for having us, uh, Neil Benjamin. It's uh, great to meet you guys. With me is uh, Megan and Chad. My name is Travis. I'm the CEO of a company called Knowledge It's a K to 12 software that focuses uh, in supporting districts across a number of uh, regions. And uh, with me, Megan and Chad, they lead in our, our customer success strategy and it just made sense to to bring them on. Megan focuses on, when a district purchases Knowledge Hook, there's a, a number of uh, implementation needs that we have to consider and Megan uh, leads that strategy. And and then of course, every year we're a SaaS based company, we have to be able to effectively uh, demonstrate the value of Knowledge And so the entire uh, renewals process as well is critical to our success and Chad leads that. Um, I'm excited to share. I won't without giving away too much. Like, you know, we've looked at a lot of SaaS companies and how customer success is done today. And I think we've had some pretty cool uh, breakthroughs and some really innovative approaches that we've taken. And uh, I don't want to give out too much. I'll let Megan and Chad uh, take it from there. But uh, yeah, Neil, feel free to, you know, ask questions. And depending on what aspect of retention, uh, we can respond.
1: That sounds great, Travis. So Travis, Megan, Chad, thank, thanks again for for being here. So I think I got Travis's uh, introduction. Megan and Chad, if real quick, if you want to just say your full name and your role, that would be just helpful so so we have that on our end.
0: My name is Chad Bewley, and I'm the Director for Programs and Outreach here at Knowledge Hook.
3: My name's Megan Green, and I'm the Training and Learning Lead for Knowledge Hook.
1: Excellent. Cool. What do you think is something that most companies do wrong when it comes to retention that you guys have particularly figured out so
2: i'll put a quarterback a little bit just to get this going i mean there's a lot of things you could talk about uh, with retention obviously at the end of the day you have to have a great product right but today we're going to talk about you know something outside of the product really great customer success program and there's a number of challenges that we ran into you know when we first started You know, we obviously thought of customer support. Many, many tech companies were influenced by um, some of the thought leadership around uh, moving from customer support to a paradigm of customer success and uh, thinking about proactive onboarding, that sort of thing. But, you know, we ran into some challenges there. I'm going to kick it off to Megan to speak to that. And then maybe Chad could talk about some of the challenges that we ran into in the traditional way that tech companies do renewals in terms of sales calls. And then we can talk about what our solutions are.
3: Yeah, of course. So traditionally, even when I first started working with Nolichoke, we were doing traditional customer success in that we were doing proactive onboarding, onboarding our product with all of our districts but it comes to a point when we've been working with the same districts for quite some time and we're offering them the same onboarding. So we thought it would be important to try and change the way that model works. And it's still proactive, but we're offering even more than just onboarding now. Uh, Where we, we have our traditional onboarding, but we also have uh, something called the community of practice, which is an ongoing engagement for teachers to engage in mathematics PD, not just about our product, but just some of the thought leaders inside of the mathematics world and really making sure that we're offering value outside of just that traditional first onboarding uh, that potentially many of our teachers have already seen and many of our districts have already been through. So we've really tried to change the script on how we're, we're engaging our customers throughout their journey with Knowledge Hook.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think that's great. And so we kind of went from you know, customer support to customer success to now like customer communities. And one of the things that the customer success team was doing is we had people broken down to a specific set of uh, segmented into a handful of customers per per customer success rep. But instead of uh, that model, we moved to one where for onboarding, it's more like uh, South by Southwest. Or in Toronto, we have this thing called Elevate Toronto. We've launched Community Practice. Under that brand, we we have a series of uh, mini conferences with uh, uh, speakers that teachers essentially are you know, interested in sp- listening to. Um, and part of that community practice is it's all online. It's, it's integrated with our software and it allows for districts to be able to uh, provide fresh new outreach at a regular um, touch points, speaking to the problem that Megan kind of uh, touched on earlier some of these districts have been with us for some time and like they can't every year talk about knowledge joke and onboarding. And so we centered the program around communities of practice. What are the latest um, best practices and speakers? And we always tied back to the connection between that and how the tool can support you uh, when it makes sense. And it's been a pretty good success from that way. And now Megan used to have to travel. She used to travel um, to these districts. So now it's about, Organizing it's a paradigm shift. It's almost like a different sport. Yeah. So, this has been hugely helpful for us. And Chad could speak to some of the issues around renewals um, that we tackled and, you know, and now approach differently.
1: That was awesome, guys. I, I think I want to, there's a couple of things I want to unpack there. But And by the way, I forgot to mention this at the beginning. Um, I was born in Mississauga, spent a couple of years of my childhood in Toronto, big fan of the city. So love connecting with Toronto-based companies. I really resonate with your mission and it sounds like, you know, you guys cater to school districts and and I can only imagine what the sales cycle is like. And and, and by the time someone is ultimately ready to implement, uh, you know, obviously you guys have put in a lot of work to even get there. Um, something you guys mentioned was like proactive onboarding, right? Really, really an emphasis on good onboarding. You guys segment your customer base with CSMs. Tell me more about what that looks like. And not only what you do, but like, how do you measure success? How do you know when someone onboarded successfully? Um, What metrics do you track? uh, And how do you sort of improve that over time?
3: I can talk to that, but Chad also could talk to that as well. We've kind of moved away from that segmenting piece because we found that it just wasn't going to be scalable at this point. Each of us are focusing on different parts of of that uh, cycle, as Travis alluded to earlier with me talking about onboarding and Chad focusing on renewals, but basically what traditionally what we would have done is we would have made sure that we connected at the district level so we did our district level training we'd work with their their upper level math teams and that would be kind of a a trickle down effect training with principals teachers etc what we've tried to do now is actually shift that Uh, we still do work with the district levels we'll have some trainings for them but we try to make sure that we're doing it uh, in a group setting so we're we're shifting our model to helping to implement for multi-districts at one time. So offering them these community of practice events that has that built-in implementation onboarding for their teachers, for their principals, and even some for their system leaders, and really focusing on how to successfully implement the tool at that specific level because each level of the product is different. What a teacher needs and understands and sees in the classroom is very different than your district level offering. So making sure that we hit all of the different levels of implementation is really important. And then the way that we track those things is we track like traditional numbers in how many teachers are on, the, on board it, how many teachers are using the system, but we also track how many teachers are engaging with our community of practice, how many new uh, people are joining us for those community of practices. And that's another really important feature because it means not only are they interacting with the product, but they're also interacting with the brand that we're building
0: yeah i think i think in terms of of what we're building with these kind of communities the the big thing to realize is no matter what type of business you are no matter what you're doing everyone has has one goal and that's connecting the customer to value that that's what we're trying to do in every everywhere we go so when you think about the 21st century and you want to think about what is valuable to a consumer today the number one thing that you see across everywhere is is connections that is so huge and i think this last year has proven that to To all of us more than anything so here what we try and do is we try and connect all of our customers to these communities and to make connections within themselves we want them to have value creation through self-sustaining connections so if they're interacting and they're happy there's a lot more us checking in every single day because what we're giving them and the value that we're providing is having a self-sustaining impact in what they're doing right so it's just kind of a mindset shift. We don't want to feel kind of chained down by what's been done before. Okay, here's a problem, fix specific problem, right? It's not saying that we don't need that or that was wrong, but it's about finding ways to improve on that. And by focusing on customer connections and setting up these positive communities for growth, we are kind of changing the mindset so that the consumer is getting value constantly just by being a part of, of, of what we're providing. So I think that's kind of mindset shift that we've kind of, gone through as a company and in terms of how we're providing value to our customers.
1: Got it. This is this is super cool. So I didn't realize to what extent you guys, like the CS org was responsible for this sort of community building. I've seen this obviously, you know, live in marketing functions before to, to engage prospects and sell to people. But I, I find it really, really interesting that CS is focusing on community building to sort of deliver value on an ongoing basis, needing less handholding from from the actual company, right? And, and to your point, sort of reinvigorate them with that brand and, and value uh, over and over again. How does that parlay into, so So Chad, maybe others have thoughts on this, but how does that parlay into the renewal conversation? Because on one end of the spectrum, you have very reactive customer support. Uh, and on the other, you have completely self-serve. CS isn't involved at all, right? How do you balance those two when it comes time for that conversation around, you know, renewing the the customer?
0: Well, the, the first thing you want to focus on is, is what are they looking for? What's the consumer's journey? What do they need to be successful where they're at? And And that's kind of what we focus on when we have those meetings. We get ahead of what we know they're going to ask for and we provide that value through these different communities that we've kind of created, right? So when we meet with them, if we know that they've been participating in a lot of the different things we've had, if we know that we're connecting them to other people who are helping them along the way, if we know we can provide value in that area, that almost outweighs everything else we're doing. And and that makes it a very, very easy conversation. I'm not over here trying to convince you of anything, you're coming to me and saying, hey, listen, this is amazing. How can we do more of these? And that that's kind of how we approach renewals. We just want to make sure that we have something that is so impactful in their everyday life that it becomes just a part of everything they do.
2: Let me um, prime up chat a little bit with this setup to really uh, highlight a few key interesting things that he's hes leading there. You know, at the end of like the a, a, a year end, Um, You have, you know, in our case, districts, but this is very similar to any B2B model. You have to put together a renewal package of like, how is the product usage looking like? You know, what does renewal for next year look like? And have that conversation. And hopefully, you know, with customer success proactively onboarding, in our case, teachers, uh, in any B2B case, the organization's employees, you probably have some really great metrics. But typically what happens, at least the best of what we've seen out there is, a business case or a business proposal that tries to demonstrate the ROI that they've delivered that year and hopefully results in the district wanting to expand their account licenses, their seed licenses for the following year. There are two people, as you likely know already, you know, in B2B sales, there's an economic uh, buyer who sets the budget and priority and the technical decision maker. And usually it's the technical decision maker looking at that business case. And, 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 and sometimes the economic buyers in the room it's a one and done experience where they basically read this report or PDF file uh, and say, okay, this is great and let me get back to you. Or maybe they make the decision there, but you get varying responses, right? And people need time to review and digest and they need to trust the, uh, the integrity of the results, right? And so there's all these elements. And so for us, we noticed that districts looking to third party validation like researchers to help confirm the the, the results impartially. And also we noticed that traditional uh, reports and and, and impact uh, studies or whatnot are one and done PDF uh, reports that they might look at and then move on and just it might collect on their desk and they may forget to revisit the renewal discussion. Even though there might be value uh, in the organization, uh, economic buyers and technical decision makers were responsible for procuring SaaS based tools uh, have many things that they have to juggle. And so we wanted to tackle just like community practice, which is an ongoing engagement that never gets old. Uh, we wanted to tackle this problem. And so maybe, uh, Chad can sort of share, um, how we went about, uh, doing just that.
0: Yeah, for sure. We designed a program of value translation, right? So we have, instead of, uh, a technical buyer at the top, trying to make an evaluation of, of what's going on, um, maybe below them, and then trying to communicate that up. What we've done is we've had the actual consumer who's who's using our product being able to talk about how it's supporting them, right? What 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 is it doing? How is it helping them meet the goals of that, that technical decision maker? And so when we do that, that translation piece makes that conversation a whole lot easier. So it's not just A one-off pdf but it's actually someone meaningful within the company discussing the value of what's going on that's why we kept on talking about before about about that value creation that we have in terms of if we know that the technical decision maker needs this tool how are they going to be able to make the economic decision maker buy-in and so creating that value piece that translates it for them is immensely valuable within the company
2: yeah. So we have this thing called impact stories, which is like coming out of our community. Megan helps rally around the platform um, community of best practices emerging from that are these really wonderful stories. And we work with um, some really creative artists to interview, to you know highlight um, how people are putting research into practice in their classroom, which is the high level at the highest level. That's the value that we're bringing. And these stories are are done in these bite-sized social media like formats, and then we have like third-party researchers and prominent um, math leaders in the regional communities to review and help um, highlight the parts that actually are um, demonstrative of you know best practices being used in the classroom. The silent hero in all that is Knowledge Hook. It's not the the focus. It's in fact we have to like remove all this. Uh, content from uh, these videos where they're literally talking about how much they love the product because it's not meant or intended for marketing purposes, it's meant to highlight great examples of uh, people who are putting research into practice, but at the same time, as Chad pointed out there, it kind of demonstrates the value of knowledge, but it's doing so by a program that the program itself is of value. And so the researchers and you know math leaders that are trusted in the community And their involvement is critical for us because they would always, you know, it brings in that sort of brand integrity in the process to impartially look at these things and, you know, really comment on, you know, what kind of impact Knowledge is having. And the beauty of this structure is, you know, Chad, for every account, like, you know, I was just looking at the portal the other day and like every account is getting, you know, three or four touch points of stories emerging from the community, you know, regularly uh, throughout the year. So by the time we get into the renewal conversation, People actually, economic buyers, technical decision makers, even if the economic buyers are not in the room, they would have seen these things, they would have tweeted about it, they're actually getting uh, local press coverage, they're getting in the, their district regions, and they're actually being written about in their on their district uh, social media and bulletins. So it's getting a lot of internal uh, recognition, in this program, and it has multiple you know, touch points throughout the year, and it never gets old because every year we're just highlighting a different set of stories. So by the time we get to the renewal, you know, we don't have to be making, you know, sort of reminding people what the value of knowledge is, because that's happened along the way. And we're talking about what the plan is for next year. And if the economic buyers are in the room, they would have seen these stories, these impact stories, and they're able to get behind something as well. So,
0: yeah, and, and these these stories kind of spread themselves, right? So once it goes out and one person sees it, they share it within their institution. We don't need to know every single individual stakeholder to get it because once it gets shared once, it starts getting passed around and that value almost multiplies because more people are seeing it more often as it goes throughout the year. Got
1: it. That's, that's super clever, right? Because if you're leveraging your customers in your content, not only does that content help with new customers, it it also gets them more bought in and, and and really explicitly see the value that you guys are providing them, making that renewal conversation easier, obviously I'm curious, so like you guys are are clearly very disciplined around having a focus on retention, and that starts from the onboarding all the way to renewals. What data do you guys essentially track and and optimize for uh, to, to know if you guys are succeeding you know in, in driving retention?
2: We have two things we have um, internal tools, a lot of this is all vertically integrated. But what we start off before the data, what we start off is with our storyboards around our key stakeholders in B2B sales, as you know, um, in district it's very similar to district sales. You have three people. You have the end user who ends up using the tool that your organization procures and you have the economic buyer and the technical decision maker. So we have these detailed storyboards of what is their journey and the journey is not just about their journey through knowledge, but their journey in general. Um, What are their peaks and lows in their experiences? What are the problems that they're facing? And then through that storyboard, there enters knowledge at certain parts of the journey. And this is not just the journey of the product, but their buyer's journey as well. We are very, very, I don't know what the right word is, but obsessed around like understanding that journey. Uh, We have story cards that we've created, especially during remote culture that we're shipping out, but each team on customer success knows the journey for teachers, for district leaders, and then from there, what we're tracking is in terms of data, it's like, what are some of the metrics that we have? Because a lot of our tools are online. A lot of these experiences, are, so a lot of it's trackable. And for each of these touch points, the knowledge plays a role in their journey, You know, especially the online touch points. Obviously, there's there's offline parts that are captured in these storyboards, but the online parts, we have cohort uh, data points. So we can see you know, where there might be a conversion issue, where there might be a bottleneck, and We have also rituals. Once we have that data, once you see the bottlenecks, a lot of the teams just sort of work together to to, to double click in there and, and really, really see if there's something about the experience. And often it's always the same suspects, right? We either didn't understand what was going on in the customer's head in that part of the journey and we were too preoccupied with like us trying to achieve a certain outcome. And so when you double click, you can see either like something that needs to be upgraded to sort of honor the journey of the customer. And, and as Chad said, like what value are we demonstrating at this stage uh, to make it as frictionless as possible? And we use data that way and we find that it's been helpful.
1: No, that's great. And, and it sounds like a common theme that I keep hearing from you guys is like, look, we want to make sure that our our buyers are are getting value from the second they hear about us to the very end. And and so walk me through your process on really understanding where that value comes from. Is it just discipline, customer research and development? Is it empathy or, or a strong understanding of educators and teachers? Like how, how do you guys ultimately make sure is it inter- customer interviews trying to learn more essentially around like how you guys make sure you're delivering that value?
2: That's a great question. So for us, it's like, it's, it starts off with our user personas, like very specific, understandings of what what are the challenges a district leader faces? What are their priorities? How do they think about it? There's, there's various types of district leaders, some of them in terms of certain types of priorities further along than others, depending on the market. And so we have an understanding of those personas, not just at the, at the face value of what they say, but what we really strive for is to think more like psychologists and anthropologists, there's the unsaid needs and wants that are often not always articulated. And so that took time, like for us to spend a lot of time, make mistakes and and learn, but that often is what's guiding the blueprints for our user journeys. And the type of value we we try to put there is to to, to address some of those maybe unspoken wants and needs. But um, to give you an idea of the kinds of value that we deliver, not very unlike what we're doing right here, uh, we have our uh, media house and uh, it's focused on understanding like for our economic buyer, technical decision maker, Specifically, you know what type of value you know at that stage of the buyer's journey is most important, and we really you know launched a series of experiences uh, to reflect that. But as they move, and from there we can identify whose needs can we add more value a- along their buyer's journey, and we have workshops, what we call learning experiences, and this is all for you know the key folks at the district, and that usually leads to learning more about the various uh, solutions that Knowledge has. But it happens so organically. Um, that it doesn't uh, require any selling or marketing uh, in the room. And then from there, uh, when the district decides to use us, that's when Megan and Chad do their magic, um, because even that is a very organic and thing. Because when an organization buys a tool, right, like, for example, we're using a specific recording tool for this podcast, your organization purchased, you know, everyone's using it, but the decision was made uh, by a few folks, and everyone is the benefactor of. So while the, you know, the key decision makers had the time to evaluate the merit of the tool, like this podcast tool, the end users, which will be likely the entire organization, may not have had gone through that bias journey themselves. And community practice is really about, hey, we realize the district wants to use this, but we want to make sure that every teacher sees the merit of these things. In order for that to happen, we need to build a community that speaks to the best practices that teachers are interested in learning about. And then from understanding those best practices, they're more likely to see where uh, Knowledge Week can support them along that line. And then from that point, Chad kicks in his program to be able to highlight these great stories that are emerging from that community. And the reason we do that is because the organization that procured the you know, Knowledge Hook, they have varying levels of success in communicating business cases for whatever they, initiative they have, because for a number of reasons, right? You know, leadership changes, Different types of people in organization have different levels of skill in terms of communicating business cases. So how do we create an ongoing turnkey experience that allows KnowledgeX value to be communicated upstream back to the organization in a way that allows a consistent impartial understanding of Uh, what it is that uh, knowledge is doing in the the classroom. So that's how how the whole thing is tied together. And hopefully that was uh, helpful to you.
1: That was really helpful to understand from a macro perspective, like what the approach is. Curious to hear like Megan, as as you're in the trenches and and even Chad, but Megan specifically on the onboarding front, is there like a particular customer story where that stands out to you that you guys are really proud of having navigated through or really delivered value to?
3: It would be hard to pick just one because again, as you said, I'm in the trenches. And since we changed our model to with more of the customer community is I'm one of the only faces and voices that people actually see regularly. So I have so many people uh, that I've talked to. But I think the, like, the most important thing to me is that I've trained teachers for Knowledge Hook for many years. And it would always be really important to me when I would see teachers the second time at some sort of training because their understanding and their usage of the program and their own implementation into practice is really what's the most rewarding part of Knowledge Hook and working here specifically for me because I'm a teacher by trade. And to be able to actually help teachers be able to reach their students is honestly one of the greatest joys. And so I can't tell you just one, but there are so many stories of teachers who are just saying, this is exactly what I needed. And it, it is helping me so much to reach more of my students and to make sure that we're helping them. And at the end of the day, that's the only reason that Knowledge Hook exists. Is to help students and teachers
1: that's great i love that. i love that right it's, it's like at the end of the day that's when you trace the value down the chain right that's where it that's where it goes to last question and then we can sort of wrap up here i know we're, we're a couple minutes over time here but if you know travis Megan, chad you guys were, were talking to you know your team i don't know three four years ago what do you guys wish you knew uh that might be helpful to the audience listening today you know around retention and, and customer success
0: yeah sure i i think for me a couple of years ago versus now It's about who you have supporting you. You do not have the expertise in every single area. So, for example, with this impact program, one of the things that we've done is we got connected to a former newspaper editor and he's been helping us with press releases and how things look in the media and how to frame certain conversations. So really pulling from different disciplines to support you in terms of of where you're at and what you're trying to do to make it. Better for that purpose, instead of you trying to do everything internally by yourself, I think it's really, really important and it's really brought a lot of the things that we're doing. 10, 20 years down the line, I know Travis mentioned before having an external panel of researchers talking about the details of what that value means to them as educators separate from ourselves that that external. Validation from those type of panels and and all those type of supports really kind of transforms the way we have our conversations and I think. That is definitely something that we have to learn along the way, and it's been immensely helpful in terms of having other people be able to communicate the value in different areas and for us to be able to, to take that and put it together.
2: Super proud of our team. <laughs> Great job, Megan. Uh,
3: Chad. The one thing that I would say, like Chad and I have both been with Knowledge Hook for some time now. So even three, four years ago, two, three years ago for me, Knowledge Hook was very different. And we did use that typical CS model. And I think the thing that I wish I had known is that be prepared to think outside the box. And Travis has really led the way on pushing us to think how can we make customer success something totally new and even more important to, to our brand and to our customers. And I think just being okay with stepping out of that box and being encouraged to do so.
1: That's great. Just for the record, you guys have one of the most interesting approaches to this that I've seen, right? Just with the com- emphasis on community, but even some of the other pieces you mentioned. So this was great. Thanks guys. Uh, if people want to learn more you know, about Knowledge Hook, where can they find you guys to do so?
2: We have some, we're we're constantly growing. Our team is, I think more job postings come in. Definitely visit knowledge.com. Check out our careers page. There's uh, postings there that we're, we're looking for great talent. As Megan said, we're looking for people, not mercenaries, but missionaries. People who really love the kind of problems that we're looking to solve in education. And as Chad and Megan both demonstrated here, like we're really looking for, you know, risk takers or creative and good learners, you know, change the way that we approach the problem and not just look at like what the industry is already doing today, but how can we make it better and contribute to the body of work of, in this case, customer success. So. Check out Knowledge.com careers page and uh, really enjoyed having you invite us over, Neil. Great initiative you guys are doing.
1: Thank you. Yeah, Travis, Megan, Chad, really appreciate the time again. Always having, uh, you know, love, love sharing stories and insights for, for audience on on what uh, companies out there are doing for, for retention and customer success. So thanks again and thanks for being on the show.
3: Awesome. Thanks for having us.
1: huge shout out to the crew over at Knowledge Hook for dropping all that knowledge. Probably one of the most unique approaches I've seen that a company has taken to really drive retention and customer success. It's really interesting to hear about the evolution of Knowledge Hook from the old days where they would have a very reactive customer support driven way of driving retention to a more proactive traditional customer success framework, all the way to today where they have such a unique approach in leveraging communities to drive value, not only before the sale, but for new to really onboard and activate them into the product, second, how they ensure that customers are receiving value throughout the entire lifecycle, from the economic buyer to the decision maker, but even the end user at their schools. And lastly, what I found most fascinating was how they actually leveraged the customers themselves in building content that was actually helpful in reinvigorating their community with the brand and helpful in driving new sales. They found that this made a massive impact to the rate at which they were able to drive renewals for their business. If you want to share this with the team or implement any of this for your own business, we've packaged all of this for you in the show notes down below. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Retention Talk. Don't forget to subscribe at retentiontalk.com. And if you want to help spread the word, tag me on Twitter, NeilDecide 23 and let's dish out today's episode. Please give us a five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice and let your friends know as well. And always, if you have any questions at all, send an email to Neil ProfitWell.com. This has been a ProfitWell Recur production, the largest, fastest-growing media network dedicated to the world of subscriptions.